Good morning, Queensland, and welcome to Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jana. As always, we pay respect to the traditional custodians of the lands where you're coming from, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We're going on to another busy sporting week and weekend, and we'll start with football. And the English Premier League, week two, certainly delivered some sensational results. As uh, Brentford down my Manchester United four nil, it was four nil at half time. Yeah. Um, a shocking display by Manchester United. It didn't help with that uh, David de Gea mistake as well to let the first goal in, so it sort of all slid uh, from there. Tottenham and Chelsea played out a sensational two two London derby draw. Um, Chelsea leading twice, but Tottenham scoring a 96-minute equaliser. Harry Kane getting his head onto a corner. Controversial, though, because uh, 44 seconds earlier, uh, Christian Romero, the Tottenham centre-back, was seeing pulling um, Kukulea's hair. He's got a long long bundle of hair there, and uh, no fouls called. So, yeah. uh, And we also saw the scenes between uh, Tuchel and Antonio Conte at the end. Very passionate, um, and two very uh, passionate teams, and obviously sets of supporters. But a great game there. In the London Derby, while Nottingham Forest notched up a 1-0 win over West Ham. So great to see Nottingham Forest uh, getting their first Premier League win in almost 20, or over 20 years. So, and also scoring their first goal in almost 20 years. So, uh, Jono, some big results. And uh, the pressure just certainly keeps piling on Manchester United and Eric Ten Hag. Yeah, they uh, and they're not going to get let off any easier this week with Liverpool coming up as well. So I mean, it's just going to get harder. But they really need to sort their stuff out. It just looks like a complete lack to want to play at this point, which is really, really sad when you think about the players individually, the the quality that they all have. You know, whether that player should be putting on the Manchester United jersey or not. Nine times out of ten, you know, you go to other clubs, and if you take away those top echelon clubs, those players are probably starters among all these other professional leagues. So um, they're quality, and it's really sad to see them just completely just ghost themselves from the game, and just there's no want, there's no will. Um, so something needs to change there, and it needs to change quick because this weekend can really, really be bad um, if they don't figure out something. Um, but uh, it's it's definitely going to be something to watch because um, it's 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 going to go two ways. Either going to go horribly bad or okay. I can't really see it going in United's way, but I can see something going okay where you walk out and say okay that was a good effort, or terribly terribly bad. Yeah, it's a huge game coming up for Manchester United. A massive week um, in the lead up to the Liverpool game. Also mentioning uh, Gabriel Jesus was impressive for Arsenal. They yeah. beat Leicester four yeah. two, scoring twice. Well. Manchester City didn't even need Harlan to score. They yeah. brushed aside Bournemouth 4-0, so they are looking ominous early on in the season. The weekend also indicated that this start of the Spanish La Liga and Italian Serie A. And Real Madrid opened the defence of their La Liga title with a 2-1 win over Almeria. While big spending Barcelona could only draw 0-0 Raya Vallecano. We know the uh, dramas there about registering players before kickoff. While in Italy, defending champions AC Milan opened their campaign with a 4-2 win over Udinese, while Inter Milan beat Lecce 2-1. And Roma beat Salientana 1-0, while Juventus are waiting to open their account uh, this week. In Germany, Bayern Munich continued their perfect start of the season with a 2-0 win over Wolfsburg, while PSG also remained undefeated in France with a big 5-2 win over Montpellier. While in Scotland, Rangers and Celtic both remained undefeated, with Celtic defeating, defeating Kilmarnock 5-0, while Rangers defeated St. Johnson 4-0. In the Australian Cup in Australia, the round of 16, and a massive boil over Sydney United, the National Premier League 1 team from New South Wales, 
uh, defeated the defending men's A-League champions Western United 4-3 on penalties after the game ended 1-1. Sydney FC avoided an, any upset as they defeated Bentley Greens 2-1, while Peninsula, Peninsula Power defeated Green Gully 2-1 to get through the round of 16. Rugby League and the NRL was round 22, and we saw Melbourne defeat Penrith 16-0 on Friday night at Penrith, so a bit of a bit of an upset there on Thursday evening yep. in Penrith. Well, South Sydney continued their recent good form in the 26-0 hammering of Parramatta uh, in Parramatta, a away game for them, so a massive win for South Sydney. And Latrell Mitchell continued his sparkling form. Well, your Roosters had a good win over the Cowboys, 32 points to 18. Obviously, an emotionally charged game with the death of Paul Green, which we will talk a bit later on. He had a huge involvement with both of those clubs, so obviously a lot of emotion uh, yeah. in that contest. Well, Canberra kept their finals chances alive with a 24-22 victory over St. George. Meaning Penrith stayed top, followed by the Cowboys, Sharks and Storm, while the Roosters round out the top eight. AFL, round 22 of the AFL again delivered some significant results as, Bris- as the Brisbane Lions all but ended St. Kilda's final chances with a 81-66 victory, while Melbourne kicked a goal with 12 seconds remaining yeah. to down Carlton 79-74, meaning Carlton... Have to wait to uh, try and um, confirm their final spots this year. While Richmond secured their top eight position with a 128 to 67 victory over Hawthorne, and Sydney snapped Collingwood's 11 game winning streak with a 77 to 50 win uh, at a packed SCG on Sunday afternoon. Meaning Geelong stay top, followed by Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane, while Carlton sit in eighth. So one game to go in the regular season. And isn't there a couple of beauties next week, John? Sunday afternoon, Carlton play Collingwood. Collingwood going for a top four position. Yeah, it's Carlton huge. looking to confirm a top eight position. They're expecting possibly 100,000 people at the MCG. Yeah. It's going to be an absolute ripper, John. And, and great to see the obviously AFL finals uh, coming all the way down to the, to the end here. Yeah, you know what the atmospheres are like already at AFL games. And then this is just... Yeah, you're putting all the cards on the table for this one. This is a great glimpse to what we're going to be able to see as well in the playoffs in terms of the quality, the want, the will. Um, yeah, it's going to be a cracking game. And I mean, hats off as well, just really quickly to the Sydney Swans as well for for just making this this remarkable run here as of late as well to creep up to the second spot. Well, that's there. their sixth win on the, in the yeah, shot it's, there. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, they, they had their ups and downs this season, I feel like. They've gone in streaks, but it looks like that they're that they're in the positive direction right now. Go and, and what better timing as well to finish off your season. So, um, yeah, it all comes down to this final round now. Yeah, it should be a cracker next weekend, and we're really, really looking forward to the last uh, regular season round there in the AFL. Rugby and the Rugby Championship continued over the weekend. New Zealand, we know they're under huge pressure from the New Zealand media, but they notched up a big win over South Africa, 35-23, to to ease some of that pressure, uh, especially coming down on their coach there. While Australia... Were hammered by Argentina, forty-eight to seventeen. So not a good result there for Australia in Argentina. NFL, John, and the preseason is underway, and probably the biggest story still circling the NFL world is Deshaun Watson allowed to play for Cleveland Browns uh, during this preseason. He's been greeted with some hostile chants, but uh, Jono, uh, interesting to see him playing. Obviously, we know he's going to be banned for at least those first six games of the regular season once it begins. But what have you made of the preseason so far? And is there much we can Take away from any of these preseason games. Yeah, I think look right now it's it, it's realistically in preseason in general, especially at the first couple games, is all about just kind of finding those role players as to who's going to be making that roster spot. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing that that kind of caught my eye is definitely Deshaun Watson being able to play. I think that's pretty um, pretty crazy given the circumstance. 
Um, and again, it just kind of shows the stance that the Cleveland Browns are taking, that they're going to play him, that he's their future, and that they're going to put um, all faith in him, regardless of what's happening off the field. So clearly the Cleveland Browns are just taking a stance that we just care about his footballing ability and not what he does off the, off the field. So um, yeah, it's definitely going to be something to keep an eye out for because um, unless something changes, yeah, he will 100% be back after his six-game ban. So. Yeah, interesting to see how uh, this preseason goes for the Browns and also Deshaun Watson. A bit of baseball news in the Major League Baseball. Houston continue to lead the American League, while the LA Dodgers are leading the National League. So, Jono, I know it's a, a mammoth season in the baseball, but uh, the playoffs are getting a little bit nearer and obviously a little bit of a better idea of who will actually be in the playoffs this year in the Major League Baseball, which is always an exciting time of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's coming down. I mean, the baseball season's so long. You have so many games. So, yeah, we still have a little bit of games to go, but realistically, it's coming into crunch time now. You really need to start making sure you solidify your spot. The biggest thing is who's going to be taking out um, the positions as well within the playoffs. I mean, the Yankees letting Houston kind of catch up to them in terms of, you know, the the staggering lead that they had, let's say, at the midway point and, you know, the last month or so. Now the Houston Astros have actually surpassed the Yankees in the overall um, standings there. And I, that's going to have huge implications when you're talking about home field advantage going into the playoffs. And we all know what that can do. Um, and same thing on the other side as well between the Dodgers and the Mets. I mean, the Mets might have a chance to catch the Dodgers, but as long as the Dodgers stay strong, um, I think that they'll be taking out that top spot there as well. Yeah, always intriguing to see how those uh, playoff positions take shape in the baseball. Well, John, as we did mention earlier, unfortunately this week there was a bit of, well, there was some tragic news to come out of the NRL world and the sporting world in general. Uh, the tragic death of Paul Green uh, during the week. He was only 49 years old. It came out that he did take his own life, obviously dealing with his own demons, um, which which we don't really know the full extent of those yet. But John, I guess what it did do is put some of the focus back on the pressure that elite coaches find themselves under. We know the scrutiny that they're under, and we know it is such... If you're not winning, it can be sometimes uh, the most difficult job probably in the world in regards to, to the scrutiny that you're put in week in, week out. Uh, your whole life is put under the limelight by the media. And Jono, I guess looking at this case, there's so much played on, or there's so much out there in regards to the pressure put on players and the effects that can sometimes have on their family life and how that can leak in, into their life after the game as well. Do you think an incident like this, again, showcases the possibility that that sometimes our coaches are not looked after in, in maybe the same way or, or the same awareness is put on the pressure they're put under and the effects that can, that can have on their life outside of coaching? Yeah, I mean, I think when, when, when you look at this, as you said, that this what this situation has brought up is, is the question around the coach's mental health as well. We speak about it all the time with players. And I feel like it is something that sometimes isn't talked about as much. Um, so, you know, how many times do you think a player goes up to the coach and just says, Hey coach, are you okay? How are you feeling? Whereas, you know, it's realistically, yes, it is within the coach's job to check in on his players and everything, but you know, that person who's checking and also needs sometimes to be checked in on and looked after. So we need to maybe start normal, normalizing as well, a little bit more, you know, those conversations with your coaches too, making sure that they're okay. Because as you said, the pressure now in, in terms of when you're speaking about elite coaches as well. Uh, you know, in these professional leagues is enormous. And it's it's become this mentality as well that if you don't win, you're out. It's as simple as that. And, you know, we see it across all the major sports leagues is that, 
you know, a coach could only have a couple months. What, what kind of pressure, what kind of mental stress does that put under that person? Then from that, what do they carry to, carry home to their home life as well? You know, because you you can't, when you, when you have so much pressure and stress when, in a work context, because remember, coaching is their job, you know, it's their nine to five. So that, well, it's almost that a 24 seven job yeah, these days Yeah, in regard to the constant thinking about the team, yep. the selection, the amount of things that coaches have to look after in, in some ways, being a player is, is a lot easier because you just got to focus on your own individual yeah. performance and, and obviously how that's going to help the team. But the coach has to look after every single or make sure every single person in that squad, especially when it comes to a team game, is not only physically right, but also mentally yeah. right. And, and that they, they can also achieve uh, the best for the team and, and make sure the results come their way yeah and i mean you think about it as well from most of these coaches as well i mean what look all these coaches clearly are, are some sort of a sports fanatic in general so you know what you think you go home you kick your feet up you put on the television maybe for a second but if your team is struggling most likely you're watching some sports program and it's going to come up and then what happens it plays in your mind over and over again and as you said it's not just worrying about, okay, how can I improve? No, you're worrying about how can the team improve? How can all these group of individuals improve? That's a lot, a lot of stress to be put on one person's shoulders. And again, in this do or die mentality where you have, it's, it's, it's really you're a race against time. You don't see many coaches nowadays sticking in for year after year after year. There's maybe a select few when you're kind of looking at them from, from all the um, coaches across the leagues. But realistically, we're, we're in a day and age where it, it's, it's results-based, and if you're not producing, then you're out. And again, that pressure that it gives is enormous. And we need to make sure that then we put in systems and processes to, to help support the coach along the journey. You know, that it's not just also we're just getting, we're just sacking this coach and that's it. Because what, what kind of implications does that have on that person as well? We really need to think about this from a, from a full perspective because as we can see, you know, mental health can have serious implications, you know, and, and, and it could really affect someone's daily life, it could affect their outlook on things. Um, so we need to make sure that we're asking these questions for the coaches as well, not just the players. So Paul Green played for, for Cronulla, North Queensland Cowboys and the Roosters uh, during a distinguished playing career, uh, which also included representing Queensland at state of origin level. Uh, he coached the Cowboys to a first premiership in 2015 and was also made the head coach of the Queensland Origin team in 2021. So, Jono, a distinguished career both on and off the field and, and probably most famously known for, for guiding the Cowboys yeah. to that inaugural premiership in 2015 and what is being described or what is described as one of the great grand finals when Jonathan Thurston kicked that winning field goal. But in terms of the way, as we've just discussed there, the pressure that is put on these coaches, do you think it also then becomes a responsibility of the club to put in people that are sit above the coach? So obviously the people that, that employ these coaches and bring these uh, individuals into their club, that they are looked after and that their needs, just as much as the players, are met in regards to how they're operating both on and off the field and, and whether they're mentally feeling 100% there. Because as we know, coaching is... Is such a tough job, and yeah. and the expectations are so high. Usually, when you walk into a club, that everybody wants to win, everyone wants to be part of premierships and finals, and etc. etc. Getting the right plays in, making sure you're building that right culture. But do you think that also comes down to the responsibility of the people that recruit these coaches and bring them into these clubs and um, organisations? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I do think that the club has a responsibility for it. Like I said, for as much as they put in then as well to the players and everything, that they have to do just as much for the coaches too because the coaches are receiving you know a double amount of pressure in comparison to some of these players sometimes. Again, the pressure that the players feel, yes, sometimes it is the off-the-field pressures, meeting expectations, everything, and then on the field as well, making sure you perform. But again, the, the, the coaches have to deal with it in a, a bit of a different way and, and managing all these expectations. And then also... You know, the coaches are the ones that have to then report to, you know, the, the club officials and everything as well. So there's a lot going on um, in particular for coaches. And, you know, as we said, they're asking those questions to their players, making sure that they're okay. They're their first line of support as well in terms of unpacking some things. But sometimes you need to take a step back and you need to be the one to unpack those things. I mean, it's any mental health professional as well. All those professionals are going to then also see somebody as well to make sure they seek the proper mental health support as much as they guide others. So it's the same kind of thing there that we need to make sure that as much as the coaches are supporting the players, that the coach is getting that support as well. And I, yeah, I do think that there's not as much of a conversation around that. And, and we need to continue to have that conversation as much as we have this whole mental health conversation it needs to stem around everybody not just singling out players or anything. It needs to be also involving the coaching staff and all those individuals who are involved in making these teams so successful. In a 2017 interview that Paul Green did with Channel 9 reporter Danny Weidler, now looking at these words, when he was talking about the pressures of coaching, uh, Paul Green came out and said, I'm in a much better place personally than than I was probably this time last year, he said. I've learned after after last year I knew if I was going to keep that sort of pace up and the remainder of that quote um, has been left sort of unread at this stage. But obviously Paul Green acknowledged that the pace of coaching does get to him mentally. And do you think when he sort of came out with with you know that sort of quote and that sort of statement, do you think that was possibly a time where people maybe should have checked in and, and seen how he was doing mentally and internally in regards to dealing with with the pressures of coaching which never go away that they'll always be there 365 days of year even when it's in the off season coaches have to continue to to think about what's going to happen next year they're constantly having to to work forward do you think it's times like those where where people should have or whoever he was involved in should have checked in and possibly said how he was feeling and seen how he was feeling yeah, and I think that one big thing as well that we as a, as a society as a whole can really uh, benefit from is, you know, really taking a step back and, and starting to learn about what are the signs to recognize when someone is struggling mentally? You know, what are the warning signs? And then how can we then address it from there? Because I think often as well, you know, you look back at these kinds of tragic situations and you think, wow, that, that could have been that time. Maybe if I would have just, instead of overlooking that comment, if I would have just said and checked and said, actually, can you just elaborate a little bit more? How, how are you doing? You know, how, how, how is things going? Oh, what, what do you mean by that? Um, it's these little comments as well that get overlooked from time to time. And I think it happens on a daily basis. And, and for us operating in, in such a pressure society as we do today, everything is go, go, go. Um, you know, it's always pressure to succeed. You know, it's, it's, it's recognizing the warning signs realistically that, that often gets overlooked. And yes, in hindsight, you can look back and, and you can often sometimes pick out some of those times. But it's what, what did we do in the moment to try and combat this? And 
um, I think that's a great time for, for us to get educated on. And like I said, I think it's a broader societal issue. But in terms of what you can do from a sporting lens is when you do have you know days in which it's a bit more focused on educational workshops and educating the players and staff and everything, it's it, it can be a, a, a bit of an educational piece to, to show and bring in a mental health professional to show and and teach people how to recognize these warning signs. Because, yeah, you're right. This could have been a blanket point in which a conversation of just asking how he was doing and what did he mean by that could have gone a long way. Sometimes it's just that conversation piece that people need to just talk things out and could have a huge impact on how they're feeling. So I think that's one big thing that could be taken away is that we need to have those conversations and a bit more teaching on how to recognize the warning signs um, while they're happening, not after the fact. And we know in society in general, the conversations that happen around males, especially talking up about their emotions and how they're feeling. We've seen uh, numerous sporting stars, most of the time players who've, who have come out and, and sort of discussed their mental battles and, and the yeah. struggles that they've had. And, and it is encouraged because we know if, if you work in... If you sit in silence sometimes with those struggles, it can it can lead to these tragic circumstances. The other aspect to coaching which they have to deal with is is the, them losing jobs as well. Yeah, it's a, a lot of the time it's a lot easier to fire a coach than yeah. a whole team. Yeah, and Green lost his job to the Cowboys in 2020 and was also let go from his Queensland job in 2021. And and I think an aspect of this is is actually Paul Green feeling a bit lost without football which yeah. I think we've seen with numerous coaches yeah. uh, in different yeah. sports where when they're separated from that sport that they in regards to that's all they've known when they're separated from that or when they've lost that for a time in their life they struggle to yeah. to live um, and find any other sort of meaning in their life without it so I think John that's another aspect that needs to be uh those those processes need to be really handled carefully, uh, and with um, a sense of obviously understanding that that letting people go out of their jobs which they love and they and they live for and and it consumes so much of their life is such a big change to, to someone's life. Yeah, and I mean and the I impact think, it can have. Yeah, and I think as well as as you kind of pointed as well, this we're we're talking about an individual who grew up playing the game and then played professionally. And then didn't just stop there as well. And then turned into a successful coaching career for the most part as well. I mean, to then all of a sudden one day be done and be told, no, you know, no, you, your services are no longer needed. And then in particular, you know, look at the times of what we just recently have been through in terms of the isolation that a lot of people have felt in the recent years. Um, it can be really hard to, to, to comprehend. And I think often, you know, even when you look at it, I think in, in America as well, it's a, it's a huge thing. In particular, when you look at um, NFL and, and gridiron football, is is that um, you know you have these athletes who go through even the college system, and the college system is pretty much for for the NFL style football is 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 as if you're a professional, and then those players don't recognize that yeah they might be the best on that team, but then they can't go professional, and they feel lost that they don't know what to do, and that happens quite a bit. Is that that sense of of not knowing what is the purpose. You've spent your whole life trying to aim for this point and then all of a sudden it's gone. And sometimes that's really hard to grapple with and everybody has their own struggles with it. Um, so there does need to be a little bit more around um, 
you know, the, the pathways out of the world as well, out of the sporting world, out of something that you've dedicated your whole life to. We're talking about from a youth age as well. It's not just that you got into this career at 20s, 25, 30. No, a lot of times these are people have been in this sport since five years old. It's really young. So yes, it is really hard to, to kind of cope with. Um, but I do think as well that when we look at in particular coaches and, and having coaches be let go from positions, yeah, we do really need to look at the way that that's being done and the effects that it can actually have on someone as well. Because right now it's just, it, it seems very harsh from an outside lens as to how a lot of these coaches are dealt with. Um, and again, you know, potentially this could have had an impact as well um, on someone's life. Yeah, I think it's an area that still so much more work can be done and i know sporting organizations especially do have people in those positions to to help and talk to the players and coaches in regard to their mental health and there are services there available to everyone involved in those sporting organizations but again i guess this example shows that there are still a lot of people struggling and struggling silently even though we may see them on the service that they have no issues in regards to their mental health and, and the way their life is traveling. So obviously a, a really tragic ending to Paul Green's life, uh, a magnificent man from, from what has been said about him and, and the way he's coached and the players loved him and he yeah. was always a loved uh, part of the footballing NRL community. So obviously our, our thoughts and wishes go out to his family and, and we hope they can get through this really tough time. And, and as always, if, if you ever are feeling like you need to talk to someone, there are services out there beyond blue um one of the you know one of the most well-known services for for mental health struggles so make sure you do talk up and and seek someone out to just to talk to sometimes sometimes you just need a person to listen to so i think that's it this is another example of of the importance of it um and as we said we we hope um paul green's family can get through this tough time uh, as best they can well john we'll end on a little bit of a lighter note Five quick questions this week. I've got you. Let's do it. Let's go, mate. All right. Question number one. We did talk about the AFL a little bit earlier on in the, in the finals picture. Who is making the last final spot? Carlton or Western Bulldogs? The Western Bulldogs play Hawthorne next week. Carlton play Collingwood in that massive clash. Carlton win. They're in. Yep. But if Carlton lose, it could come down to percentage points. And there's not much between them. Uh, in regards to that. So who's getting in and who's taking that eighth and final spot? Look, I think Carlton had a great start to the year. They've had a pretty good mid-season as well. And then as recent, they've kind of had some unfortunate results go um, the opposite way. So I'm going to say Carlton still is going to be able to pull it off, but it's going to be, as we said, a massive, massive game. Uh, but what more do you want to play for? You know, you got everything to play for right now. You control your destiny. And when you control your destiny... Then I think that you know you you have you'll be able to take it out. So I'm I'm gonna back Carlton for this one. True, it's definitely the finals come early next yep. week. There's been a lot of conjecture around this story as well, John. But question number two: Will Lance Buddy Franklin mm-hmm. remain in Sydney next year, or will he move to Queensland? We know his his partner Jacinta, his yep. family from up there. Um, where do you see Lance Buddy Franklin playing next year? Yeah, I know there's some uh, issues going on contractually as well with 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 um, Lance. But essentially, look, I think that realistically, as what we've seen as of recent in terms of the, the history making that he's had, he's getting up there as well in age. I think he's pushing 35, 36 now. 
um, you just want to finish out, I feel like, with a club as well that, that loves and respects you. So you have that right now in Sydney. So why wouldn't you want to finish out your career with that? So I do hope he stays. I you know, But again, we see how messy sometimes these contracts get. Um, but he's, you know, we, we got a couple more years in him, so I would hope that he does stay in a club that does really love him. Yeah, it would be great to see him stay in Sydney. And if he did leave, wouldn't it be perfect for him to go out with a premiership this yeah, year? Yeah, that would Obviously actually, placing yes, themselves yes. right in the premiership conversation. Question number three. The Italian Serie A looks like it could be a really exciting title race this year. And one of the teams are AS Roma, genuine title contenders in Italy this year. We've seen, obviously, the excitement around Paolo Dybala, Giorgio Wilnaldum coming in. They signed Nemanja Matic. So Jose Moreno has got the Romans believing, possibly. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I he's been able to pull off some great signings, I think, this year. And I think Dybala was heavily underutilized in, a, in the last couple of years as well at Juventus. I think he's a fantastic player. And as you said, they have a lot of other talent on that roster too. So now you've just added someone who can be a, a difference maker. Um, and this year, I'm not putting anyone as overall favorite. So yeah, I definitely tip them in the in the, in the amongst of it. Um, yeah, they had an incredible summer. I think probably one of the most successful in terms when you look at it from a Serie A perspective as who they've been able to bring in and the diversity in players as well that they were able to bring in was fantastic. Yeah, that should, uh, that should be at least... And really interesting team to watch yeah. this year and see what Mourinho can do. NRL, Jono. And it's coming down to we've got three games to go. Who is taking the final top eight spot in the NRL? The Roosters or the Canberra Raiders? Looks like it's going to be out of those two. The Roosters do have a... They have a little advantage. And also a much better point differential, yeah, which yeah. it could come down to. But they do have a tough run in the Roosters. Yeah. A couple of big games to come. But... Uh, Who's getting the final top eight spot there, Jono? Fuck, I mean, yeah. I'm uh, Just as if Manly was in this spot, I don't think you'd be going against Manly. So I'm going to have to back the Roosters. Got history there as well. And you do have so much quality on that team that you really shouldn't even be in this situation. Um, but I'd still back them as well of having a little bit of an edge. You know, not too many games to go. So having that bit of a cushion as well does really, really help right now. Um, but man, they really better snap out of it and, and make sure that they lock it up soon. Yeah, no, they are looking dangerous, the Roos, and they could be a, a team that's dangerous come September if they make that top eight. And last one, Jono, we saw the debacle of Manchester United on the weekend. Should Harry Maguire be replaced as Manchester United captain? I mean, there's a lot of other issues at the club at the moment, but should he be replaced? Should Ten Hag look to someone else to try and inspire this team? Oh, look, you know what? I'll give credit to Maguire. I don't know who else I would, I would look at. You know, he, you know, one thing he has been, he's been consistent maybe not in terms of he's the best player or anything like that but he does play consistent for as many many stakes as he makes and this and that it's consistent i'll put it that way on good and bad but um i don't know who you'd even look at right now that's the problem i think so keep him keep him with the captain's armband because it could really have a confidence issue then with him as well if you remove the captaincy from him but um yeah, I don't know what to do with that club at this point. It's just up in shambles. <laughs> and as you said, we've got that easy task of uh, Liverpool this week. Exactly. So it uh, doesn't get any easier for me, no. Chester. You know, well, that brings to the end another episode of Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jonah. As always, thank you for your support and good night.